Hello. Hello, darling. How are you? I'm great. How are you today? Quite well. It's actually Good. a really snowy, like that pleasant snow coming down, little soft. Ooh. Bunny hairs or something yeah. just flying, and everything's all white. Oh, and I was in. I was teaching in Northern Ireland at the weekend, and it was snowing there. Yeah, oh, okay. it was all um, yeah, but lots of wind and floods to go with it. So <laughs> it wasn't quite as picturesque. I don't, I don't think we'll get floods, but I definitely, from my window right now, can see wind and all the snow flying off yeah. the um, the trees. So it's going to be one of those. Oh, days. that's cool. I'm glad I'm not out there. <laughs> yeah. But it is. It's like approaching spring, yeah. so things should transition. You know what I find really cool today, Elise? We decided that our topic is going to be breaking the spell of being your parents. Yeah. I mean, that's an odd wording. I just wrote it really quickly, but so funny. My first client of the day, we pulled out one of those tentacles, um, you know, the invasive matrix type thing of parental controls or expectations, that kind of thing. Now, of course, we all know that you know, you can do body talk, you can do source point, you can get all kinds of different treatments that are energetically going to help you do this. But mm. what can you do on a daily basis? Yeah. Right. So we were talking the other day or last week about um, conforming or rebelling. So usually we'll conform to something the parent does or or even uh, intimates we should be doing a parent doesn't even have to say anything a look a feeling a sense especially the more sensitive a child is the more they're going to be aware of that mm. uh, energy from the parent that their expectations of life their fears their guilt tripping uh, their expectations their hopes okay, all of that uh, the child is picking up mm. So what are we going to do about it? We're all kids. Every single one of us is a child. And we've, we've picked up these expectations. It's like a, what do you call it? A, a lineage, right? It comes down from parents to child, parent to child. So there's no blame. You can't blame anyone. Uh, the only thing we can do, and this is, this is a really strong one, is that people often say, oh, my parents shouldn't have done this. My parents should do that. Well, if you keep doing that, you are just like your parents. Yeah. There has to be a decision at some point where you say the buck stops here with me. Doesn't matter what my history is. Doesn't matter what my ancestry is. I'm the one who needs to find a better way. Mm -hmm. No matter how bad it is. um, I know some people have really terrible experiences, but each and every one of us believes our experience is terrible, or it could be the other way. This is another one of my favorites. You have a good childhood, you know, really nice parents. They do everything for you, and yet you feel screwed up. Well, because even if it's positive um, and everything's wonderful, the parent has the expectation of, let's say, you know, no yelling, no uh, disagreeing. Everybody's kind and sweet mm. to each other. So there are those controls as well. So no matter how you slice it, you are going to be adapting and adopting to parental restrictions. Then you go out in the world, you society, friends, peers, 
uh, news media, we were discussing, I think we discussed um, on the podcast that, you know, about coronavirus. And I was uh, talking to someone who was giving me some stats. And then one of my clients called and said, you know, what do I do? I'm afraid for my son. He's going on a trip. And I went, well, okay, let me just do the research. And I went online yeah. and, and just seeing how few people have died from the coronavirus or even the, the statistics on how many people, let me see if I could, yeah. this is just a cursory yeah. review. Yeah. It's not, we, I'm not looking at a big I mean, review. Okay? I was so, looking, we've just had our first death from the virus in the UK. But like looking at the stats, we normally get two people a day die or flu anyway. Right. So, so we've got like after like eight weeks or something, someone's finally passed away. Do you know what I mean? It's it... yes, exactly. So we've got eighteen thousand to forty-six thousand flu deaths, but we've got thirty-two million to forty-five million flu illnesses. Right. So that's the incidence of the ones we know, and then you look at car accidents. Right, yeah. you've got uh, thirty-seven thousand crash-related fatalities every year. Yeah. So you know, driving a car is is way more probable. That forget that. Never mind dying from it, but uh, four point six million crash-related injuries per year. Yeah. Right. Almost two hundred thousand people die uh, per year, and then when it comes to uh, flu deaths, it's uh, 18,000 to 46,000. Mm. Yeah, and that's that's weird because they give this range, right? Because they're estimating, right? Mm -hmm. It's only thousands deaths, whereas you get you get 200,000 people die in cars and you only get 46,000 top flu deaths. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous, right? The things that we, we focus yeah. on. Yeah, it's like someone was so, saying you like know, how many people die, you know, in just weird you know, starvation that we never hear about on the news. It's like... Exactly. Yes. Even though that's decreasing yeah. uh, annually. Yeah. And I don't think car car crashes are de decreasing. You know, we've driven to Florida many, many times. Mm. And uh, over the last, you know, since the 70s. And, uh, well, I don't think I've ever seen so many car crashes. You know, it was something you saw sporadically in the past. I mean, there were less cars, obviously, yeah. than there are now. You know, so, but wow, how many accidents. And not nice, like car totally flipped over and, you know, just just insanity. And the speed, the speed limit is up to 70 now in the States mm. and a lot of areas. So people go 80 and over. Like I was driving, let's say, 79, 75 to 79 mm -hmm. uh, miles per hour. And like people were just speeding by me. Yeah. Like speeding. You know, so sometimes when people are speeding, you want to keep up to the traffic. I like, I usually like to be between the two traffic clogs. So I stay in the middle and everybody just passes me. And I'm always in this area where there's no, no cars. It's a little bit hard these days because there are cars everywhere. So many cars. Um, but uh, yeah, if I wanted to stay at the tail end and just sort of be, between the two groups of cars, he had to go like 81 to 85. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. Otherwise, it was just this slowpoke that was constantly being passed by trucks. You know, it's dangerous. I find that dangerous. Like, I, I don't like it. I like to be in a space where, you know, cars will pass you, but not like huge amounts of cars. So you had to increase the speed. 
so that you know you stayed in between rather than just the whole world passing you all the time it was fascinating and how many how many uh, crashes so yeah we don't talk about this very much that this is this is big time the big time killer compared to a flu a flu is going to get you know the immunocompromised and the elderly but mm. uh, young people going out there getting the flu it's just you get the flu yeah that's it get the flu. so that's kind of interesting now um i i was just kind of bringing that up in that you know we can have a matrix of um of the media right mm-hmm. Now, the percentage of people watching news isn't that great anymore, but there are people out there watching it, reading it, or like almost like a springboard. It goes on to Facebook and people just springboard without uh, educating themselves. They just go, oh, my God, panic, panic. And even if you've got a rational mind and you know, you're like, oh, my God, it's like, what's the big deal? Um, people still don't do their own research. Mm. They don't sit around and look and go, okay, what is really going on? Um, and that, that's like um, what I'm trying to say. I think you, you get it, but it's, it's like there's a matrix that we enter. And that matrix, you know, creates, a, creates all the fear. If you stand back from that matrix and look at it and just see that it is um, um, one's own uh, cognitive bias, right? Yeah. That, and, and we'll pick up a cog- cognitive bias because that's our tendency. Our tendency is to listen to others. Our tendency is to go along with the crowd. We have that tendency. So you, it's a good idea to start noticing. When do you go along with the crowd? When are you conforming? Yeah. Then there's the opposite, yeah. is rebelling against it. Nah, you know, this is nothing. It's nothing. It's all fake. It's a conspiracy. That's ridiculous, too. That's another cognitive bias, right? So it's doing the research and saying, what is this? Um, it's just a flu virus, all right? Do your own research. You don't have to listen to me. Go do your own research, see that it's a flu virus and see how many people have died, see how many people died from flu viruses. Who dies from flu viruses? There's so many questions you can ask um, and you need to be interested. Mm. <laughs> just be interested in what's going on rather than, I'm just going to get on the gravy train of fear, right? Yeah. I'm being a fear monger, right? So, so you've got all of this influencing you. So that's one way to start looking at things. Become your own parent. I think that's self-evident that I'm saying, all right, you could, do, you could react negatively. It's a conspiracy. Or you can go the other end and, and just conform and just go, oh, my God, be careful, the coronavirus there was a really hilarious thing on Twitter yesterday. So funny. Jimmy showed it to me. It's a woman. I don't know who it was uh, telling everyone. So there were cameras. There was an audience telling everyone not to touch their faces, not to touch their mouths, to make sure they're cleaning their hands well, but make sure they keep away from eyes, nose, mouth, face. Don't do it. Mm. And she's continuing the talk. She takes her finger licks it and flips over the page to continue her lecture. It's hilarious. Hilarious. Don't put your fingers in your mouth and she sticks her finger in her mouth. It was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, yeah. You know, we've got so many habits, so many things that we do. 
um, so many hypocrisies that we go through. Yeah. We've got to think for ourselves. So, you know, I, today I'm saying there's the our two parents. Well, our, our two parents have shown us particular things, but when we go and look at the media or we look at Facebook or we talk to our friends, uh, we, we read a book. We start to become biased and usually our cognitive bias uh, takes us into the direction we want to go in, like whether we're going to disagree or agree. So one of the things that we can practice is, all right, I can feel I'm disagreeing with this, but is it valid that I disagree with? Mm. Maybe I need to do some research. You know, so certain things I don't even care about anymore. Like I can hear and just go, all right, like the coronavirus, it's like, all right, it's, it's not interesting to me. But... You know, it's good to know what's going on because the market crashed due to this flu, right? It's just a flu and the market goes down. That's kind of interesting. So if you know that, you would buy up stock, right? It's like, oh, okay, this flu, they just turned a flu into this, and you know, massive fear-mongering pandemic. Time to buy some stock, right? If you're really smart, you know, you know, you start thinking about it going, okay, that's a good idea. I didn't even think about it. And then the market crashed. I went, ah, oh, I should have been in tune with that. Should have, you know, figured out, uh, you know, just even buy a thousand dollars worth of stock that fell like Facebook and hmm. a couple of others that I had heard had fallen. So you can, you can take advantage of things that are going on, which it's not a conspiracy. Just people take advantage of, uh, of something that's going on. Why is, why is this happening? Well, we could have a simple response, which is the media needs something to talk about mm-hmm. so that people will watch them. I mean, it's not a conspiracy. It's just simple. I need something sensational so people will be watching me every day. Yeah. And yeah, it's really a shame that, that they're lying, but this is what's happened over the years. You know, one little lie led to another one, led to another one led to more to now it's just a show <laughs> news is a show it's just yeah, a show it's just a right? in a way and how many how many newspapers have gone tabloid right mm. i think do you have the, like a london times or something or yeah yeah, yeah it used to be a, a good newspaper now it's just a tabloid well they're right? all owned by the same people now so right yes that's that's true too yeah. right and whatever their leanings is. I mean, we all know that someone has a leaning, they're going to, we know Google has a leaning. Yeah. We know, we know YouTube has a particular leaning, right? Yeah. And th- this is hard because if we are not as human beings, you know, if we stop conforming to our parents and we listen to things we don't want to hear, mm. like listening to things that you disagree with, you should listen and make sure that you you really have some evidence, not freaking out or screaming or yelling. Do you have evidence that it's not valid? But do you, have you also researched whether what you know is valid? Mm. That's, that's critical. So if you can't listen to someone else's opinion, um, you're, you're not able to discuss it or negotiate it. Like it's okay to discuss and argue. It's great, right? You, you figure out things as you go along. And the best part is figuring out that you're wrong. Like, I don't know how many times I've talked about things and then somebody brings up a point. I'm like, wow, um, I was in a cognitive bias there. Mm. I'm, I'm totally, uh, you know, might not even be totally like 
wrong or right. It's just that, well, no, it's wrong. It's just wrong. It's just inaccurate. It's invalid. It makes no sense because there's information you don't have and you picked it up. That this is this is the probably the hardest thing to do on Facebook is that people have a cognitive bias and um, they aren't able to look at both sides. Mm. It's it's got to be one side. You know, you can almost feel like how much stuff is is geared towards you, right? Yeah. You know, the, the algorithm is geared towards what you want. And if you're not honest about something, you're going to get a lot of stuff that is just completely annoying. Right? There's no there's no um, uh, greater worldview. There's no contradictory um, uh, feedback because the algorithm is saying this is what you want to watch. And if you disagree, mm. wow, you can be kicked off Facebook. You know, so now it's like, okay, but I have no need to publicly uh, give my opinions, right? Yeah. It, it, it would be fun to give your opinion and have people argue it and say, well, that's, you know, that doesn't make sense, Tyrion, because of this and this. So it's like, who cares about opinions then? I really don't care about your opinion. And I don't care about my own either. You know, I, well, if I have an opinion and I argue it with my my husband who p- pokes holes in it and I poke <laughs> holes in his and we learn something. Yeah. We, we definitely do. It's really wonderful to be able to talk to him. And he says, oh, my God, that makes no sense. I'm like, what do you mean? It makes perfect sense to me. And then he, as he repeats it with new evidence. I go, wow, that was dumb. Like I said something <laughs> so dumb. And he'll do the same. And I'll do the same thing for him. So, so we're able to think better. Yeah. You know, so the, these are really, really good ways. Argue with someone, not someone who's just set on their view someone who's got a viewpoint will will speak it will say the whole thing you poke holes in it and they are able to go wow yeah i see the holes yeah and you're able to have some growth um that's becoming your own person i mean this is just one subject that i think is interesting but within yourself are you uh, are you acting in ways that your parents told you to act or are you acting in the opposite way of which your parent told you to act now you've got to figure out how to act for yourself. Yeah. What is it? What do you want? What is that way? That's a whole discovery process. It's just kind of like, well, what do I, you know, what do I want to do? Like I, I know shy people so often they're they're really shy and they they don't like it that they're shy and introverted and they feel like they shouldn't be that way and uh, you know, they're not fitting in because everyone's <laughs> sitting around chit chatting. How many times I've worked with us, like, so what? You're shy. Big deal. You're shy. Just sit and be shy. Like, I'm shy. I'm introverted. I don't hang around and talk to people. But somebody's going to come and talk to you. They will. Yeah. Inevitably, you know, so once they come and talk to you, um, maybe you could try and smile at them. Uh, Maybe you could stop being so judgmental of yourself. Because most of the time, if somebody's shy and someone comes to talk to them, they'll say, I'm so relieved you came to talk to me because yeah. I'm introverted. But when you have beliefs about yourself that you shouldn't be shy, the person comes over and talks to you and you're so panic stricken about being shy and introverted that you're not welcoming at all. Hmm. That's something you can work with within yourself. It's like, all right, I don't have to get up and go talk to people. I am a shy person, but wow, there are a lot of extroverts here. And they're coming over to talk to me. 
I can at the least give them a smile yeah. when they come and talk to me. Yeah. I can at least say, I can at least say, thank you. Um, I can, I can tell the truth. Thank you. I'm a shy person. I thank you so much for coming to talk to me. Yeah. It's really lovely. Thank you. I appreciate you. You know, I've, I've talked to shy people and some have done that. They've been very ingratiating. Go like, you know, I'm really shy. It's so nice. You came over and spoke to me. Yeah. And then I've, I've gone up to others and they just shut the door. So immediately when you shut the door, I'm going to think you just don't like me. So I'm not going to push it. Right. But many times they still hang around you and you're like, well, I thought this person didn't like me, mm. but they're really just so shy and so judgmental of themselves. They they'll hang around you, but they'll, they won't be ingratiating because they're so embarrassed of their, their themselves. It's like, stop it. You know, uh, of course, like I'm saying, that's one way to do it is just kind of go, all right, let me have the courage to get up and say, thank you. Yeah. I'm not even saying have the courage to go talk to someone like that, that, that you could do if you want to, but let's stay the step four. You can be in a public situation and people will look at you. Yeah. They'll look you in the eyes. Uh, Cause not everyone is just going to get up and come and talk to you because everyone has a bit of shyness as well. Mm. You know, so a uh, twinkle in your eye is something welcoming when someone looks your way and they will come and say hi you know people are people are interesting we're, yeah. we're pretty cool i mean everybody cool. everyone also judges everyone else and thinks that they're more outgoing than they actually are it's like because i run around teaching and i'm quite you know i can be quite potent and loud and things people think i'm really outgoing but I love being at home on my own and sometimes I don't want to talk to anyone. And <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We're all well, that's a little everywhere. different, right? You're an, you're, you are an extrovert and so am I. Yeah. Uh, but we need to, we'll give everything when we're out in public and then we need to rejuvenate. It's like batteries, you know, our batteries go out. Oh yeah, I'm guessing. You know, whereas some people just don't, you know, they don't, they don't feel that that sensitivity i think that has to do with sensitivity mm, yeah well. maybe but, you know so you know sometimes you could i could be that... out and not be in the mood at all for talking to anyone or being that <laughs> you, you, you know what you're saying is really important because it's you growing up in your life and learning how to take care of yourself yeah. you don't have um when you're talking you could hear that you're saying things that are self-parenting, right? So we want to, we have all these expectations of what our parents should have done, uh, but now it's time once we reach adulthood, like 18, I mean, that's pretty much adulthood. 18 years old, time to parent yourself. Time to do all the things for yourself that you think your parents didn't do. Yeah. And it sounded to me when you were talking, that's really clear that, yes, I can be extroverted. I go out and do those things, but then I go off on my own as well. And I'm really, I'm, I'm quiet. And then I may even go out and still be quiet. You're parenting yourself yeah, to me. I don't know if that, that makes sense yeah. to, to you or, yeah, th these are things that are good, I think, for the 
everyone listening to here is that we have to do that for ourselves and stop going around making everyone else do it. So you said something that I agree we're judgmental of others, but I think that judgment, I think more people judge themselves than are really looking at what anybody else does. Mm, Yeah, when we're judging other people, it's because we're judging ourselves on that thing probably. Well, for sure, right? If we think somebody is doing something that is inappropriate, we're sitting doing what we think is appropriate, but have we thought what it is we'd really like to do? Mm. You know, usually if somebody starts getting all huffy about what someone else is doing, it's because what they're doing, they haven't completely looked at. They're doing it because they have a rule book and that rule book gets triggered, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the rules get triggered, the beliefs get triggered, all of those are our defense mechanisms, so we don't really have to look at what's hurting us. Right? Yeah. You know, who cares what someone else does? As long as you're not hurting me or yeah. hurting anyone else, I, you, you can do what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, that's up to you. But of course, you'll be punished if you steal. You'll be punished if you kill. You'll be punished if you hurt someone. That's that's a wonderful part of our society, right? With this great society where uh, generally people follow uh, the rules that makes our society work. Yeah. But they aren't, they aren't restrictive rules. Like it's not a restriction to say you're not allowed to go kill your neighbor. Right? <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Um, so so we, we, the, the rest of it, I mean, these simple, simple rules that we live by, you don't hurt somebody else, but do what you want. Mm. Um, it's, it's fine, right? We, we live that way. It's great. And um, if you, because you could go to other societies and they don't live that way. Yeah. It's okay to hurt other people. You know, it's acceptable to hurt people. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason you deem, yeah. you know, that's, that's just not good. We can't, we can't um, develop as human beings, right? Mm. So, so here we are looking at ourselves through, uh, filters of our parents they literally exist inside us it's like we walk around with our parents rules in our heads so it's up to us as individuals to examine those rules just like examining coronavirus just examining you know flu and what's really going on you might not have everything accurately because i don't even know if i trust all websites, etc. But it gives you some perspective. Yeah. You know, I've seen data manipulated, right? Oh, yeah. And somebody will say this is the coldest day on record. <laughs> and then you go back to microfiche newspapers and there are plenty of days that were colder. Mm. So they've eliminated those days. So that's media now. Yeah. That's what the media does, you know, because fear mongering is really important. Um People, scientists who are following the, the, the what do they call the, the climate models? Mm. Well, I, I, I trust that they're telling the truth about the climate model itself, but the climate model doesn't predict climate. Yeah. It predicts whatever the, the climate model does, but it's not. Yeah, that doesn't it's, just predict, it's not accurate enough to know what the weather's going to do. <laughs> exactly. So, so, okay, so good luck with that. Um, I don't think they're being dishonest about what the climate model says. I, I just think that they don't know what the weather's doing. Yeah. <laughs> and then the media picks it up and goes, oh, yeah, yeah, let's uh, let's get all uh, fearful about it. So I think in, in so many ways, 
I love talking about the media in this instance because we are going to bring up, um, well, our political leanings, um, our, our cognitive bias, uh, all of that is, it, it comes first from parents, uh, right down your lineage, and then what, where you were brought up. You know, and I, I love, you know, watching somebody leave the country, go to another country and start saying what's wrong with that country in relationship to theirs. Yeah. Right. When I was a kid, I remember being in Greece, like at nine years old, eight years old, uh, going to visit. And you'd meet up with Americans. They go, God, it's so crappy here. They don't have toilets. They don't have this. Uh, yeah, they don't. But they're not developed like America. Why are you putting those expectations on? be nice if they did have proper toilets but you know what that's the way it is here right the plumbing doesn't work as well everything's different you know yeah so and of course then then europe kind of jumped ahead in technology so europe is you know ahead in fashion always a year ahead uh especially greece italy ahead and france ahead a year in fashion they're ahead um you know those the the wireless um, credit card uh, receivers. Mm. I, I I hadn't seen them till I was living in the, in the France. We didn't have them in North America. They take our credit cards uh, now. They do, but in those days, they still in Canada. They'll take your credit card. Like you'll stick it in the. the uh, people find it so strange you come from Europe. They're taking my credit card. I'm like, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It's like ridiculous, but then now it's, you know, in, in most, uh, in America and Europe, I think it's everywhere here. I'm not quite sure, but uh, I know it wasn't long ago that they would take your credit card. It's hilarious. Whereas now you have this wireless thing, right? Yeah. But I saw that first in 1995 when I was living in France. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like, yeah. And they were way ahead of North America, way ahead. So it's so interesting, right? We we place our, you know, I, I don't know why that was so advanced in Europe. I have no idea why that was way more necessary. Uh, from what they were saying at the time, there was more credit card theft. Mm. Oh, yeah. In Europe. So we they didn't have it so much here. Uh, reacted. Yeah. So there was a, a you know, the, the idea of having these these uh, mobile stations, um, I think, became uh, more important in mm. Europe than it than it did here. We just didn't have it. You know, it was really interesting. Mm. So, uh, you know, it's clear that uh, each country is going to do something different, and it's not so much imposing my views onto that country. It's it's thinking for yourself within each mm. country. Because how are you going to improve it? I can't improve a country just by imposing something. I've got to think for myself. I know, I know this is a little bit of a generalized, you know, huge example. Like if I were living in Greece, I would have to think about what would be the way for me to live. It's very different energy yes. in Greece, right? It's uh, it's 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 got so much. Um, tourism and the islands have a different economy than Athens does. Athens is a mess. People are struggling. Then you go to the islands, they almost seem like loaded, <laughs> right? 
whole, whole other world. They have a separate. Oh, wow. I didn't it's, know. it's fascinating, yeah. right? And then Athens is just not successful. That's you could weird. Go You'd always, in my head, I'd always think it would be the other way around. Mm-mm. Right, but it's not, yeah. right? They're really successful. They have their, their own food. I mean, a lot of the food can come from yeah. Athens, but if they have the money, they can buy the food, right? Yeah. But, you know, the, the ships can come and they can purchase if they need oil. The cheese usually... Cheese and vegetables are often produced on the island itself, but maybe not enough for mm. all of the yeah. tourists. Because I remember being on uh, Folegandros, and the the population was 451 people, and this was like two two basic towns, yeah. right? And uh, there was like other areas with homes, but you know, May there was nobody there, um, so. Two towns, whole island, 451 people, the population. And any given day in July and August, you'd have 50,000 people. Mm, Mad. That's incredible, right? So that economy is powerful. Some of those restaurants were making a million dollars in two months. Wow. They complained about how hard they were pulling. It's only two months. Yeah, exactly. Only two months. And they'd often go live in another... Like go live in yeah. Germany or something to to work yeah. during the winter. So they were like loaded, loaded, and they were taxed. They were starting to be taxed, and they were so <laughs> miserable about their taxes. And I remember explaining, well, you know, your taxes are very low. And they're like, no, it's a lot of money. Whatever, two hundred dollars a year or something. And no, it's so high. They're taking our money. They take it off every sale. I'm like, yeah, but you don't know what real taxes are likely you know you would be taxed 50 yeah. percent if you go to the united states and get it. and they were like they just thought i was yeah. lying you know and now of course things are happening you know part of yeah. the eu we still have the drachma back then that was 95 they had the drachma so very interesting how they had to change yeah. right mm. to kind of figure out what they were going to do very very interesting um, so, yes, looking around, looking at your life and seeing, I think, really interesting to look at your cognitive bias. Mm-hmm. And you can be stuck in a bias that is generational, that could be uh, societal, that could be political, um, whatever your bias is. And you should poke holes in your own bias. It's a yeah. good idea to poke holes in one's own bias and uh, see whether it's valid or not. You know, this is a life and making a life, there's so many different things like, uh, you know, making the the states that's like Republicans are evil and, you know, uh, uh, the liberals, what are the liberals, Democrats, you know, oh, they're evil for this. And, (laughs) you know, it's ridiculous, but both of them are needed. Like we know that, um, you know, when you take all these tests and look at, liberals versus conservatives, liberals are going to be the people who who will um, take yeah. the risk because they're creative to open up a business. We've talked about this before. But conservatives yeah. run it. Liberals can't run it. Now, it depends where you are on the spectrum, obviously, you know, like how liberal, how conservative. But those, those really super creative minds, they can't sit down to crunch a number for anything. 
their minds are all over the place. They can't figure out how to pay their bills. <laughs> so they, they go bankrupt. So they need, yeah. they need a it's conservative. And yeah. the conservative is not going to open a business. Yeah. It's not going to do it, you know? So uh, fascinating, you know? It's okay that you, you know, if you notice, oh, I'm conservative, I won't open a business. And that's fine too. It's just knowing, knowing to better yeah. yourself, but not to say your position no, is better. No. It's yeah. required. Yes. It's required. Of course it's required. Numbers are required, you know, and just being super creative. It's like, well, that's fine, but can be very destructive yeah. too, right? in so many ways right so everything can be destructive if it we're constantly finding this balance and thinking thinking for ourselves yeah. and the support of other human beings who when they disagree with us you've got to remember it's supportive it's looking at what they're saying and going wait a minute where does this fit in, in the in the whole universe mm. Right. No, nothing is a total negative. Nothing is a total positive meaning. You know, it's wonderful that people say, I want peace. You know, we listen to, oh, it would be so wonderful if everything was peaceful, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it doesn't make sense because not everyone can, is going to um, feel the same yeah. peace. Like what does, does peace mean to a particular individual? So I love the example that I bring up over and over again. You might like Enya and I might like ACDC. Enya might cause disharmony in me and the ACDC causes mm. harmony in me. Right? So now what happens? I feel peaceful. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Ha, ha, ha. Wait a hell. <laughs> you know, it feels so good. I can feel my cells, you know, the music and just opening me up. And then Enya... Because I, you know, listened to her every day for like three years at a shop <laughs> I worked in. And now it's just, it yeah. just depressing. I, I, even, I can even hear it now that I brought it up. That, that oh God, I can't even do it. But inside, I just go, oh my God, I want to vomit. Yeah. Okay, so so what if they said Enya was something that was good? It would kill me. Like I would just, I would go insane. Oh, yeah. Now, what if some people say, I don't want to hear music at all? Um, what well, what would we do, right? I mean, uh, Muslims have that loudspeaker oh, yeah, with the. Yeah. Ah, you know, um, I've been to quite, quite a few Muslim that, countries. Yeah. I I think I would go crazy yeah. if I had to listen to that all the time, and it's blaring. You'd if have to there, get it's home. Very beautiful. Yeah, but yeah, what's that? If you're there, it's actually very beautiful to hear. But yeah, I know what you mean. Well, not those, the, the terrible sound coming from those uh, loudspeakers. It's a bad sound. Well, it's a bad, it sounds bad, but right? the, uh, the actual noise. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, all chanting that's, you know, in temples and whatever is lovely, but you have to be in the temple. Mm. And you don't know, like we, we had a, I went to a Greek church once and it was so beautiful, like the, the sound of this guy singing in the, in the church and the reverberations was gorgeous. But then I go to other churches and they sound terrible, mm. you know, same tune or whatever, but they sound horrible. So, but this loudspeaker business, I think would be terrible. You'd have to soundproof your house, mm. you know, and maybe that would be illegal to do. I don't know. You might 
you know, if you're a Muslim, I don't know if you could, you would be even allowed to do that. Mm. I, I don't know. So it's just kind of interesting, right? That, that, that would, I think I would lose my mind if those speakers were playing anything. I don't care whether it's the, the religious chanting yeah. or not. If they were playing anything through those speakers. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. I feel like I'm going insane, just um, kind of living this energy. Uh, when you see those those movies where everything is perfect and you know people are uh, subdued by a chemical, right? Your your emotions are subdued by chemicals because you have to do something to dehumanize. Otherwise, you're going to be dissatisfied, mm -hmm. right? The example I'm bringing up. You know, there are plenty of people who listen to music on a speaker and they're happy with it. Music coming from, let's say, a phone. I I can go crazy with that sound. Mm. It just can can drive me insane. It's not smooth. It's 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 staticky. It's um, tinny. It's awful. I, I just can't stand it. Um, and it grates on my nerves. So you know, when I think of those things, I think just because I'm sensitive, you know, certain air bothers me. Uh, certain people, certain attitudes, foods, whatever, because uh, I'm sensitive to them it would drive me insane. So either they would genetically take me out of the population. Yeah. Right. Or, or kill me. Go, well, you're just don't fit in. So we'd have to kill you. We'd have to get rid of you. Um, but people like me, and I think you too are important to society because we're very intuitive. We're very sensitive. Mm. Yeah. There's a negative side. I'm sensitive to noises. I'm sensitive to, to air, to all kinds of stuff. But that, that is also um, part and parcel of how sensitive I am to what's going mm. on in someone, right? So yeah, you could genetically get rid of us because it wouldn't matter what anyone else feels because you take away those feelings from a person, mm. let's say. You know, genetically castrate uh, people or, uh, you know, chemically uh, castrate emotions and sexuality. Uh, it's possible to do that. Mm. And somebody would be determining how we live. It goes back to this moral question that I had in in Sija, uh, here in in Quebec. We have Sija uh, between high school and university, and the question was, uh, the story was of this this uh, society where everything was wonderful and perfect. There was no pain, no suffering, except that one child was tied, a uh, chained in a basement living in its own excrement, starving, crying. Um, so the question was, would you free the child? Because if you free the child, everyone's gonna mm. suffer. Or would you keep the child suffering so everyone lives in perfection? It's a fascinating question. It's also, in, there's another question for, uh, uh, yeah, how does it go? Would you rather be human and suffer or would you rather be a robot and just not mm. suffer? And some people want that paradise. Yeah. You know, they'll just really answer good. really quickly. It's like, no, I want to be conscious. I want to be conscious. I want to be aware of what's going on, even though it, it includes suffering. So, yeah, hardly even know why. Um, I keep studying that question. Why would I rather be conscious? You could have one kid suffering and everybody else is okay. 
It just seems plastic to me. Mm. It just doesn't seem real. Life has suffering in it. Why wouldn't I do my share of suffering? But a lot of people don't want to. Yeah. A lot of people don't. So very, very interesting. All right, my loves. Uh, love to hear the commentary yeah. on this. We brought up a lot of topics. I think we might continue on this a bit um, next time and just see what else comes cool. up. Love you, yeah, ladies. And uh, the bird is the bird is sitting here and uh, <laughs> and cozy today, kind of chirping, saying goodbye to everybody, wanting a little uh, kiss, and uh, see you next week. Yeah, bye, folks. Bye.